No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. Oh baby, it is the 20th of October and this is the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. It's George and Ben. This is the one that you come to every week, you get excited about because we look ahead to the next week, talk about some openers. But we're recording this during Monday Night Football, and uh, perhaps the worst half of NFL football to ever be played, shockingly, by an NFC East team, the Dallas Cowboys. We have a teaser here. The Cowboys just need to keep this within eight points. Kyler Murray has thrown only one pass in the ocean so far. Ezekiel Elliott should not be on the football field. I do not understand how he is taking more snaps for the Dallas Cowboys. This is an absolute disaster, Ben. I just, I don't know what to do. I'm sitting here watching this, and every time Zeke walks out onto the field, the play is over. It's a disaster. Right. I mean, it's definitely Tony Pollard's season at this point in time. He's way better. He's way better. I didn't know that Andy Dalton was going to bring out the fumbling issues with Ezekiel Elliott, but he also just looks just... I mean, a blessing in disguise, really. A blessing in disguise, even. Not fixing Zeke's fumbling issues, but it's been, I mean, it's been really poor to say the least. They've had uh, no real chance from Andy Dalton. I actually, you know, their defense played okay, I guess, besides the deep pass to Christian Kirk in the first half. But other than that, it's been uh, pretty much a disaster at this point in time. So I can't believe that we're going to be sitting here talking about the Eagles as NFC East favorites coming out of this game at this point. So here's what I want to say about this. The, the idea was we're going to run the ball with this pathetic running back who's not even very good, and that's going to somehow take pressure off of Andy Dalton. That is the most heinous way of thinking. I can't believe the year is 2020 and people are this stupid. Right. That puts I mean, more pressure on your quarterback. If you want to take pressure off your quarterback, throw the ball on early downs, get the quick passing game going, you, you put him in third downs, you are screwed. You are yeah, I mean, absolutely screwed. I, I cannot believe that that, that, was the, that was the strategy. That is an awful strategy. And I expect more from Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. And Mike McCarthy. I know that's, I mean, that's a takeaway for me at this point in time is I ex- actually did expect more. I know there was like that narrative floated around, especially in media circles. Oh, they're going to rely on Zeke more. And it's like, okay, that's fine. 
but they're not yeah, actually going to do me, that. People and in media you, circles you, who have been fired from jobs. <laughs> Pretty much for, I guess for a reason probably, but yeah, it's just been, it's been one of those games where you could maybe see it coming just from a perspective of this is kind of maybe how everyone thought it was going to play out, but you didn't ex- actually expect it to occur at this rate. And it's been really bad to watch. So it's unfortunate, but I'm ready to move on to week right. seven, thankfully, because a blessing, uh, a blessing that's not in disguise. There's always more football. <laughs> the fact that there's more football and let's go right to an NFC East battle on Thursday night. We have to close out week six with this dumpster fire of a performance by the Dallas trash bags i mean what a, i cannot believe that this is a football team that paid 90 million dollars for a running back who shouldn't even be a second stringer what a disaster right. um right. and we have the new york giants i'm gonna take pot shots at every opportunity i get you have to the new york football giants are three and a half point underdogs to the philadelphia eagles the eagles are now without zach Ertz, miles sanders they're a wounded unit it. there you name it basically the market yeah. has definitely moved away from the eagles i think this line was like eight and a half yeah. uh preseason down to six and a half on the opening you said you said three and a half i'm seeing that four three and a half um you know i would like it to get down to three and a half i don't think it's gonna go any lower than three and a half if it got to three um definitely eagles buy it, but i'm kind of buying into the eagles even at three and a half even at four here i definitely think they're playable at this point in time it just seems like this is a game where they're just gonna smash the giants by like two touchdowns at home kind of everyone get everyone to buy into the narrative that they're going to be the nfc east champions after a poor performance coming off of for the cowboys so i don't know i'm definitely buying into the eagles at this point in time can you talk me out of that for any no any sort of I reason can't. i mean and here's the thing if you were savvy enough to look at the opener you know or even bet this on the look ahead you have a massive opportunity to middle here you get seven you get four um you know you you're not going to get three i agree with you um but the eagles the loss of miles sanders will be overly exaggerated right because he's a fantasy running back and people do that um and the loss of zach Ertz will also be overly exaggerated because zach Ertz ain't that good no i mean if this was zach Ertz of yesteryear or something i would be a little bit more concerned but at this point right in time, if it were is, dallas goddard yeah exactly this is a travis this is a travis fulgham show at this point in time so I mean, I'm not that worried about it. I still think um, the Eagles have enough talent. The Eagles, you know, they haven't looked that bad. They did cover against 49ers as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. They won outright at that point in time. They almost covered against the Steelers, who um, are basically four-and-one against the spread to start the season as well. So I do think the Steelers are uh, much better than what we would have expected even from that game a week ago. And then they covered last week against the Ravens and had a shot to at least push it into overtime. Um, So I'm kind of buying into the Eagles at this point in time. I do like, uh, you know, obviously there's a narrative around them as far as all the injury situations and stuff like that. But I think they're obviously going to be able to play through that um, pretty easily against the Giants here on a short week. So that's definitely the direction I'm leaning at this point. Let's let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers here and the team they played, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns are a three-point uh, favorite, uh, yep. it's although minus about 120, 121. To our so, Bengals. Yep. Yeah, to our Bengals. Now, this was six in Cleveland earlier. Joe Burrow came through the back door. Cleveland looked terrible, in my opinion, predictably so. so we talked about this last week. Yeah, I, I was I was wrong at this point. I'm glad we didn't get any steak dinner action yeah, on that I, game because I was definitely Eric, leading Browns. Yeah, and I know. poor Eric is now 0 and 4 against <laughs> me on the year. It's not a, it's not it's not good. But um, that's what you get for thinking that Baker Mayfield and his cracked ribs and you know whatever else Everything is going in on there. I mean that was bad. Now I'm going to make part of being a 
shrewd better is not getting tied in from week to week to your take the week before. And you, and the Cleveland Browns are exactly this team. They are a team that can beat bad teams and get crushed by teams that take advantage of their weakness, which is Baker Mayfield's inability to understand an offensive play. Oh my God, Andy Dalton, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> this is an absolute disaster. The funny thing is it's 21 to three. He just threw a pick. He should have thrown a pick six before. I mean, oh my God, what a disaster. That was, okay. that was a little bit of Pat DPI. I don't know for yeah. sure. They, yeah. they, I don't think they got the shot. But anyways, yeah. So so are you I are, mean, so you're, you're buying into the Browns, it sounds like, pretty hard I, at this point in time. I so I was just am. a week early. See, I thought I, we were gonna be I thought we were gonna be on the same board here. I didn't think there was any way we could back Baker over Burrow at this point in time. I mean they Burrow got... still Burrow covered again last week. I know they kind of pissed the game down their mm-hmm. leg and lost, but he's still four one and one against the spread. I, I think know. His, I think his win loss record is basically the exact opposite of that. I know people are still starting to question Zach Taylor a little bit, it's, but it still seems to me that Burrow is basically thriving spite of everything else that's happening in Cincinnati. And I do think that the Browns are basically the exact exact opposite where. Uh, they're thriving despite what Baker Mayfield's capable of doing at this point in time. So yes. I don't know. I do. I from this perspective, it's hard at plus three. I think if we could still get plus three and a half, I definitely feel much better about betting the Bengals at plus three and a half than if the Brown. I was betting the Browns at my, minus two and a half. Basically, is what I'd say. This, this is point. similar to me betting the San Francisco 49ers after that heinous performance from Jimmy G, injured, yep. and um, you know obviously the the. The Steelers, I think, are a much better team than the Dolphins. But the same thing, great play caller, not great quarterback, now playing a team that is not as good after a humiliating loss. Um, let's talk about the Steelers now. So the Steelers are playing the Titans probably eh, the game of the week, I guess. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And this was interesting. I guessed last night that the Titans would be favored by three. They are two-point underdogs right now. It's not even teaser protected anymore. I love this as a teaser leg. Titans plus eight. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I rewatched that game again today because I said, Big Ben did not look good in that game. And I rewatched right. it and I had the same takeaway. That game was over. That game was over before the Steelers even got a single pressure on Baker Mayfield. His pick was from a clean pocket, pick six. Right. Game was over. And Big Ben then went on to not look great the rest of the game. Um, the Tennessee yeah. Titans, on the other hand, Ryan Tanhill, highest-graded quarterback, only quarterback with a PFF passing grade over 90 the past two weeks since the COVID fiasco in Nashville. Talk me out of this one. So I can at this point in time because I was all aboard Titans. I was all aboard them, you know, when we talked last week at this time, uh, facing off against the Bills, mm-hmm. three-and-a-half-point dogs at that point. I did really like the Titans. They came through there. They came through again this Sunday. Um, you know, I think the Taylor-Lewin narrative is probably going to get played up a little bit with just how much the Steelers blitz, how – effective they are at getting pressure so i do think from that perspective maybe that's what's playing into the line uh maybe moving away from the titans just a little bit but i said last week that i didn't think baker mayfield was necessarily a better quarterback than ben roethlisberger at this point in time i was probably wrong on that but that that wasn't necessarily indicative of the, how good big ben has been playing it's more so how poor baker mayfield has been playing mm-hmm. so um from that perspective i'm buying into the Tannehill as well i'm buying into the titans in general of course you know People are going to love what Derrick Henry did, but I really think that was more a performance of how well uh, Ryan Tannehill played on Sunday yes. than you know, Derrick Henry's basically 94-yard run. And, you know, I, I talked about run, this so. today. At halftime, um, the Titans were up 21-10, to 10, 
And at that point in the game, their passing offense in terms of expected points added per play was like 0.77, uh, which would have been um, the second highest mark of any team in the NFL in the first half of the game that week. Their running offense was like fifth or sixth. It was like 0.06 EPA per play. In other words, their passing offense got them the lead. Their running uh, offense kind of salted it away a little bit at the end. And then in overtime, I mean, obviously had that 95 yard. And then in overtime, um, you know, had the the wild Henry, wild King Henry, whatever um, deal. I'm a little worried. It works for them. I mean, it works for their offense. You know, it's like, it's good. But like, the thing is, is, Ryan Tannehill still making basically all the throws that he has to make, and that's what is actually driving this offensive efficiency. Not necessarily, you know, Derrick Henry, of course, was breaking some tackles. I think he's breaking it right at like 20, 25% uh, attempts. He's basically had a force miss tackle on 20 to 25% of attempts, which is pretty significant, but it's, this is still being driven by Ryan Tannehill, and that's why I'm still buying into the Titans at this point in time. I can't so. get over how bad the Dallas Cowboys are. <laughs> they are atrocious. So um, I do want to, I do want to make sure I ask you about a game because these okay. are two teams that I have not necessarily been seen too clearly on. I was kind of high on the Rams here on Sunday Night Football, of course, Ooh. the 49ers. Basically embarrassed them. So I do want to get your thoughts on the 49ers and the Patriots because I do think you've kind of yes. been locked into both of these teams uh, basically throughout this 2020 season. And I have not necessarily been on either correct side coming up too much for either of these teams. So I want to hear what your thoughts are on this one. All right. Um so my whole thing with the Niners last week was that you you see the line move six points. The, the Niners are embarrassed. They have a great coach. And they're playing a Rams team that has only beat bad teams in the NFC. Right. Now, the Patriots are interesting to me um, because you have the Niners now going across. And I think the Patriots are in a similar spot to where the Niners were last week, where they have a really ugly performance. This could easily have been a five-and-a-half, six-point game if the Patriots actually play well. And um, I think at three, and I'm seeing um, three, the Patriots at, at minus three plus 108. Yeah. So you may even, there it may even get to two and a half. Um, but Jimmy G had an opportunity to not have to throw the ball more than 2.5 yards down the football field on average. That was his A dot. It was like, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, and that was largely they were able to do that because Jared Goff looked so bad. I anticipate that the Patriots have way more going for them in terms of being able to get out early, and I think that forces Jimmy G to make a couple more mistakes. I would be shocked if Bill Belichick isn't going to pick off of Jimmy G. I like the Patriots at maybe even uh, minus two and a half. Okay, I like. I mean, that's interesting. I do. I I do think. I don't know what exactly happened this past Sunday with the Patriots and Broncos. I was game. I wasn't. I wasn't all that tuned into. I know it was a pretty popular play from like a you know survivor type of yep. atmosphere. I think a lot of people had the Patriots, so that was kind of a disappointing performance from that perspective. But I just was. It just seemed like it was a weird game coming off. It's kind of weird to see how some of these teams are responding to uh, some of these COVID situations and stuff like that in the betting market, especially. It's kind of been uh, an interesting wrinkle the twenty twenty season. That's for sure. Do you think that there's because the Titans looked so good coming off of it? that this is maybe even more like on the nose, you know, and people right. may be reacting to it. Cause I, I'm inclined to believe that the Titans were a special situation. They're practicing at a middle school and the Patriots are more indicative of just the fact that it's hard to have your quarterback not practicing with your team for a while Two and, weeks, yeah. you know, and, and then showing up. Um, right. 
and Vic no, Fangio. Really, I think that's a really good point, actually. So. You know, Vic Fangio is a good a good DC. I, so is is Robert Sala. Um, but I think you're getting value here on the Patriots, similar to how you're getting value on the Niners last week. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on a couple um, of games that I talked about last night with Eric. The first one is the Green Bay Packers traveling to play the Houston Texans, who uh, screwed me. Not as badly as the Dallas Cowboys are currently screwing me right now. They have Andy Dalton's dumb-looking face on the screen right now. It's just... I, Disaster. I, oh, my God. Unbelievable. Kyler Murray isn't even throwing the ball well. No. I mean, he does He does have decent rushing performance. That I did expect him to have a decent rushing performance, but his under... You know, we had his under uh, passing prop yards. I do think that's still going to get in, even with the long... I don't even know how far it was of a strike, basically, to Christian Kirk, but... Other than that, it has been uh, kind of a disaster from his passing perspective. Just with the yardage thing, I think he's, um, you know, obviously benefited from uh, certain situations occurring correctly in this game for him. So, who knows? So, okay, Packers-Texans. I mean, I know you and Eric got this at three, which I think is great. I do see it more at three and a half half, at this point in time. So, um, from that perspective, if I could have three, I would definitely want it on the Packers. If I'm going three and a half... um, probably would lean towards the Texans, but I don't think I necessarily would be buying into them at this point in time. I do... I I mean, the Texans still played pretty well against the Titans, who are a team that I'm really high on, so I do think that um, just from that perspective, I'm probably still pretty high on the Texans in general. I thought they were... I thought they made a lot of correct decisions that just, just didn't break correctly for them um, throughout the last, you know, little bit of that game and unfortunately lose to what I would label as a quality team in the Titans in overtime, so... From that, I do think they're kind of uh, rebounded a little bit from this Bill O'Brien situation. So at three and a half, I would probably lean towards the Texans. I don't think there's probably a significant amount of value on the Packers at that three and a half point price. But I like, um, you know, your and Eric's approach basically of, you know, finding the value where the lines are going to move and hitting those early in the week, which obviously opens up value for you later in the week if you're, you know, more inclined to lean towards the other direction. But um, so I think like just getting that number at three and being notified of that is obviously a great play in general. Three and a half, obviously we got the line movement we want. Now it's probably a little bit of time to actually reevaluate it. Looking at it, I would probably lean just a little bit towards the Texans at this point in time. But, you know, I think you are maybe trying to sell the Packers a little bit on a low coming off of their disappointing performance against the Buccaneers. But um, that seemed, I don't know. Did you, what did you, what was your takeaway from that Buccaneers Packers game, I guess? Uh, I, I think it is so easy to overreact here. And I wasn't. You know, obviously the way that it went, the extreme, you know, the pick six, the second pick was a drop. Right. Um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on offense, it was a struggle. I mean, they, they, they did not look great on offense at all. And to me, it was indicative of the Packers thinking they were too good and not being prepared for what is, in, in my opinion, and, and pretty clearly based on PFF grades, the most complete and best defense in the NFL, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Houston Texans, they are not that. Right. <laughs> and this is going to be a motivated Packers team that is going to have very little resistance. Now, I'm a little worried, obviously, about David Bakhtiari, but um, if you think the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour is going to end after one game, I... You're going to be rudely mistaken. I agree. <laughs> so I, I'm with the, here's the thing though. The numbers are important. Getting three and not losing on a game that ends in three is a massive percentage win in your favor. And that is something that cannot be stressed enough. Um, so let's move to the Bucks because the Bucks are minus three, but plus a hundred 
Um, maybe this moves out to, to uh, you know, two and a half, probably not. But um, they're in Vegas to face the Raiders. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, you guys obviously got a good number on this one as well. I think you wrote it up at two and a half. Mm -hmm. It's up to three now. It opened preseason at three and a half, so it does seem like obviously it's moved a little bit in the Raiders' favor. Um, I am kind of partial to you guys' opinion on the Buccaneers. They were a team I was high on in the preseason, but I, like, like you kind of mentioned, they didn't necessarily play that great from an offensive perspective. Um, against the Packers. I thought they would actually play a little bit better. I do agree that their defense is quite good, but I don't know how stable that is going to be going forward. I do know a lot with their, you know, basically their man coverage is just kind of this high risk, high reward secondary play. Um, you see it basically every week with Carlton Davis. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I think, you know, the Raiders are coming off a bye, big win against the Chiefs at home. They've kind of played pretty well there. Um, depends on the line movement. I'd maybe be just sitting out this game but i don't mind the raiders if they get to three and a half honestly so i uh i agree with that sentiment 100 that's the sunday night game by the way um all right let's do some speed round here why don't you uh throw a game out there all right let's do chiefs at broncos nine and a half points i am not yet ready to buy into the denver broncos that being said nine and a half kind of a lot Kind of a lot. Kind of a lot for me. So I'm probably laying off, to be honest with you, after a really big win from the Chiefs. Um, I, I thought that was more about Josh Allen and the Bills not playing well. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was. I, I do lean like on the Broncos here quite a bit. I don't know if they're necessarily going to get to 10. If they're at 10, I do think that would probably be a goal spot yep. for me. Nine and a half is probably a little bit more questionable, but I do still lean towards the Broncos. I feel like I'm cheating on Eric or something in saying <laughs> that, but... Who knows exactly? No, I, I think that's the that is the play right now for sure. Um, let's see here was the one I want to bring up. Oh, um, the, so the Cardinals who are watching right now, um, I'm not seeing a line for this right now. Seahawks going to the Cardinals. Let me tell you my take on this. I assume people overreact to the the Cardinals winning a game against a team that literally didn't even show up um, to the stadium, and. Uh, I want to bet on that. So um, what would this number have to be for you not to bet the Seahawks against the Cardinals? So so it did. It was preseason three and a half. I did see a two and a half um, before this game started. It is obviously down at this point. I would say anything under three and a half for Seattle, I would be betting. And if I could get it under three, I think that would probably be my favorite bet of the week, taking Seattle at two and a half point favorites which, which is what i saw the opening number at um and i think that's definitely a goal spot for C the seahawks and i could see that potentially holding here uh based on the because performance of what the cardinals are putting up on monday night football maybe oh the market buys into them just Please. a little bit more which yeah i would love to see so uh, maybe from that perspective maybe we should be cheering for the cardinals just a I, little bit more so i mean at this point, better spot here next week at right? this point i mean there's no way that andy dalton's dumb face back from this, figures yeah. this out no for chance. the listeners it's 28 to 3 so if they do come back you can laugh at yeah, our faces here tomorrow but that would be incredible um <laughs> let's see is there any that we didn't okay let's talk real uh, real quick here the monday night game bears rams rams are five and a half point favorites i'm going to go real quick here and say this i like the rams getting five and a half i think that the are sorry i mean i like the bears getting five and a half even though nick Foles isn't great this is this is the Jared Goff starts to not be a great quarterback anymore um, right. part of the season because he's not playing the NFC East. 
and uh, this ends up being a close uh, kind of weird game. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, from my perspective, the Rams have been getting it done through the yards after the catch with the wide yep. receivers. That didn't work out very well against the 49ers, and I think um, in seeing that, I think they're probably going to be a little bit more exposed again this week. So I'm definitely with you on the Bears. I kind of I was leading the you know big dick Nick charge a few weeks ago. He has I think I think he's what three and one or something against the spread. So he has you know kind of performed at least somewhat expected what he did. I think he beat probably a little bit of an overrated Carolina team this weekend. I think a lot of people were kind of buying into them. I don't think that they should have been favored. Um, I don't think that Carolina should have been favored by two points. So. Um, from that perspective, I am kind of buying into the Bears as well here on Monday Night Football, especially anything, um, you know, five and a half. It did move down a little bit at this point in time, but I don't think it's really going to. I think it, I think it's probably going to hold here at five, five and a half. So I would be buying into the Bears at this point. I'm, I've been I've been low on the Rams all season. I was kind of eating my words here at the start of the season. But um, I think this is probably a spot where you kind of press that go button if you believe that the Rams aren't that good, which I do agree with that. So they can't be worse than the Cowboys. Zeke just not, picked up a know. first down. Incredible. They should hang. They should put him in the hall of fame for that. You think he gets a bonus? I mean, at this point, I don't even know how much they're paying him. Probably way too much. Oh, my goodness. Might as well throw him some more money. But they are a disaster. Holy God. Um, all right. Uh, get out of here on this. Prize picks. Um, normally, we make uh, some picks for you. Last week, got you to the window. Gave you a nice little winner. I can't even remember what it was. It's been that kind of a weekend. It was a winner, though. But it was a winner. Um, the cool thing about Prize Picks, so PrizePicks.com, you can parlay um, either two, three, or four um, players. And what you're doing is you're picking either over or under their um, fantasy projection. So you just um, basically you can try and correlate some things. They do a decent job of you know not making it perfectly possible to say correlate like four things together, but you can make it happen. Um, I'm not seeing anything for the games upcoming, so I'll just leave it with that. You can go back and listen to last week's pod if you want to see what we did, or listen I got, I got, to tomorrow's I pod. I got some. You, you don't have any Thursday night lines up. I got one. You do. Richard Rogers over seven fantasy points. He's been popping up in the Where? air yards. I don't He's see been it. popping up in the by Lamont. You got to go over to the NFL tab, not the NFL four quarter tab. Oh, I think. oh, here they now got I the see Thursday it. Night. They All got right, the Thursday let's do night. some Richard Thursday Richard Rogers. Night Richard Rodgers over seven fantasy points. Lock it in, people. That's that's the one I can recommend. Maybe George can get us one more so we can okay. actually get to the window here. So I I like the Richard Rodgers. Um, I am going to give you Daniel Jones over sixteen. All right. I think hey, it's, that makes that makes me nervous. It feels like you're buying into the Giants a little bit in that situation. I am so. buying into the fact that they will have to throw a lot. Right. That is what I'm buying into, and. Uh, I think Daniel Jones has a nice little sneaky rushing floor, and he'll be running for his life a little bit. So there you go. There you have it. That was the Daily Betting Podcast um, with a little bit of mid-game Giants, or uh, sorry, Cowboys are getting their, their asses kicked, and it's killing me. And, it's uh, killing both of us. I well, feel I feel your pain. Oh, my God. If only the Steelers could have been the lock of the week. But no. But no. Eric wanted to give me another steak dinner option another Another steak dinner all right ben you have a good night brother